Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So, I guess you used to live in a taller high-rise, but now you've, you've given that up and gotten closer to the ground. That's correct. And uh-huh. it's really changed my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I can Here. now see the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can now actually see the people on the ground, and they're just ants yep. to you? Yep, yep. And uh, now they can also see me, so I have to treat them with more respect. <laughs> okay. Yes, they've got line of sight to you then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're in, you're in range of uh, any kind of attacks that they would want to do with bottles or something like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, our topic today, likewise, is uh, about verticality in gaming. So um, I think... Uh, so this is, in general, the idea of having different heights on your gaming table and how that affects your, the gameplay and why that is so cool and so important for uh, our miniature gaming hobby. Yeah, so I would say most games are pretty open about like having terrain you can go on top of. A lot of uh, yeah. games have pretty flexible rules about moving up and down. They don't usually force you to play on a plane. There's a few that do. But they're usually much simpler games. But any game that wants to be more of like a representation of reality often tries to get into like giving you the option to get up and above people to you know Yeah, to have a vertical thing like a hill or a wall or or just being on top of a tower. Yeah, you want to clean the eye off the high ground. (laughs) Yes, you have to have the high ground. Um, I think um, one of the cool well, the major aspect is like this is, you know, we live in a 3D world, so if we really want to model the kind of world that we live in on the tabletop, we want that table to be also be 3D, right? So yeah. can you really, like, there are certain certain situations and certain places where you don't necessarily have a 3D as, like, a third dimension, verticality, like, height difference as an important thing, but uh, even in, like, when two people meet, let's say, uh, just on a, a level playing field, one person being taller can often be big differences in and of itself, right? The re- mm-hmm. right, so yeah, and that's going to be our focus this time with like large models versus small models. But certainly, terrain yeah. creates a lot of differences in your battlefield. Right. Uh, yeah. So, with- yeah. I think one of the most basic things is in like in games with war games, you've got to do measuring. Mm-hmm. So like some war games will differentiate between whether you're measuring like in a straight line across, whether you're doing mm-hmm. like true lines of measurement. Mm-hmm. Cause things can get sort of weird if you actually put tall buildings or really tall hills mm-hmm. that what may seem like a short distance is actually kind of much longer when you start getting like say 10 inches high. Yeah. And you know, in, in, real life when you were attacking from a tower in a castle let's say with bows and arrows um Mm -hmm. your ability to hit people you you had a much longer range to hit people that were coming and attacking you than the people could shoot up at you because of course gravity makes it easier right so um this these are kind of things that actually happen in warfare right like you said having the high ground actually does matter right even on um close combat kind of situations uh being above someone fighting is often you know easier to attack someone who's trying to climb up towards you yeah because getting the headshot becomes easier yeah although yeah i guess maybe it's easier to jump over blades i don't know why honestly (laughs) in real life what's real life why am i even talking about real life i'm talking about war games here Mm -hmm. yeah so, so I guess it, it's obvious that um, just the idea of adding in height adds an entire dimension to gameplay, right? So it makes things a lot interesting. It changes your line of sight. It changes the way that people can move around and things like that. And so it, it adds a lot. It models reality, and it adds a lot to how games work out, right? You, instead of being, on a, like, being able to attack or having to defend in two dimensions, uh, if a third dimension is done well, then suddenly your game, you have to think about things in an entirely another dimension, right? And that can become uh, very, very interesting. Like 
Um, for example, if it was just a 2D game, right, where you have a building, right, sit, that, that basically just means you, it blocks any line of sight going across the building, right? So if you're on one side of a building and the other person's on the other side, they can't reach you, right? They can't see you. They can't do it because they, they can't shoot you. They can't run at you very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, uh, if you add in 3D rules, maybe you thought you were safe or maybe you generally are safe, but if the enemy can climb up the onto the building and then by being on the vantage point of being on top of the building, they can then draw a line of sight to you and shoot you with a bow and arrow or their gun or whatever. Now you have to be cognizant of so many different, like another dimension of, of uh, attack that your opponent can do or that you can do to your opponent. Yeah, the, it sort of, it changes the game of how shooting fights, if you have like the high ground, it makes a difference of how you're, if you have a shooting unit, it makes a big difference for them because now they're, mm-hmm. they're in range to make their shots but they're further out of range of the melee units getting to them. Mm. So that's yeah, that's a good point. Tactics as well. to the whole battlefield. So if there are different ranges, right, or if you just gain range from being on top, yeah, yeah it I definitely would... can add a lot of things. Especially because, in general, because we model reality, if you spend the time to climb up to a building, like it takes time to climb up a building, right? And oftentimes, the way that three D works is it, it makes it interesting. Is that one side of a three D object? Uh, might be easy to climb up. Let's say it has stairs or a ladder or an easily scalable place. Maybe it's just wrapping up a slope. And if the other side is a steep cliff and the opponent is trying to attack you from the steep cliff, they can't get up the steep cliff, even though you are able to get up easily from your ramp. In which case that becomes a bulk work where you can rain down or attack them with impunity, whereas they're melee, they have a much harder time of getting up at you and attacking you. Yeah, or you might be able to keep your guys up there waiting to jump down, mm-hmm. things like that. It also creates like the game space for including flying units, where mm-hmm. as a sort of bonus for that unit, they can now ignore the whole yep. verticality element to the game. Yeah, so they have you have a difference of ability to move through terrain, right? And it's not it doesn't necessarily even have to be flying, like a good climbing unit or something like that, or a jumping unit, right? Yep that can be a way where basically when you have different terrain, just like any kind of terrain where a lot of games will will say, oh, if you go through forests, some people have to move slower and some people can do it faster because they're good at moving forest. They're used to it. Verticality can do the same thing when you give the ability to climb better or to fly over and ignore that verticality. So it's another dimension you can scale uh, units' uh, ability to move around the table, right? Um, and one thing I think uh, that is interesting, well, besides from, you know, it just makes a table look better when there's different heights, right? And people are attacking from different heights because like we said, that's how real life works. And then second of all, it, like, it just adds, it adds depth to what you're looking at, right? When you're not looking at everything on one plane, there's multiple planes where things are happening. It adds more interest. Yeah, because all these like some big war games definitely make sense to play in a big open field because armies usually don't fight each other and like big armies won't fight each other in close quarters with buildings like all around. Napoleon, like Napoleonics. Yeah, they'll, they'll agree. Even there, like sometimes they would, wouldn't they? They'll, they'll be a siege often. Yeah. And sometimes they're defending a town mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, so it adds that element to it. Or a river, if you have a river. Yeah, I guess then it might be more flat. Mm-hmm. In some ways, though, you could think of a river as a artificial uh, vertical difference because you know people can't walk over the river. Like it might look flat, but in terms of what it's actually modeling, it's, it's actually like a modeling a. It's a wall that only applies to movement. It's well, yeah, and it's it's also like a. If you're trying to walk through a river, it's actually a, a ditch. Right? Yeah. It's basically a ditch with <laughs> also running stuff that, that goes over it, which makes it, it like, yeah. So in some ways, even a river, even though if you look at it, it's 2D. And of course, generally when we model it, we don't put on actual water. So it's not actually uh, a dip in uh, our, our terrain, unless you, have, you don't have a bank. Uh, it still is modeling the concept of different verticality, right? Mm-hmm. Someone trying to, to fight over the river has to go through like, 
underneath the river go and come out on the other side. Yeah. Um, so I think the most common thing you see on boards that adds the vertical element would be buildings. Yeah. That'd be pretty common. For what yeah, I think so. I think this is, you know, this is makes sense because in general, when you think about warfare, um, that's what creates the difference in verticality, right? It's generally someone sieging a castle or fighting, their, you know, fighting, defending their home or something like that, right? And then buildings obviously have multiple stories. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that a lot of things that gaming companies try and sell aren't the whole building. They're usually just a ruin, which I might chalk it up to the fact that they're just kind of trying to be cheap on the materials. I don't know. What's your thought on that one? Uh, Warhammer 40,000. It's influence just spread to everything. It's like no matter what environment you're in, it's just it's all ruins. Yeah, I guess maybe the ruins from Dungeons and Dragons. But even when you play Dungeons and Dragons, you're generally going into a dungeon which is an entirely modeled building, right? Yeah, you're not generally fighting in ruins. Can't get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're generally not fighting in ruins. So I actually think it might be just 40k became so popular, right? Yeah, because you think about yeah. worlds inhabited. Like it's not they don't yeah. always let the world fall apart. Yeah, and you're fighting in a castle, or you infiltrate a castle, uh, and then when you talk about historical things, like, look at most of the historical buildings. They're not collapsed and destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout any kind of uh, you know, timeline, right? In World War II, you'll see a lot of complete buildings, and, you, and, and back, you know, wherever, it'll generally be complete. I think it really is just cheapness to make scatter terrain, and the influence of Warhammer 40,000, and possibly maybe because uh, in the old days, everyone, it was just easier to make a ruined building than a complete building. A complete building has to look like it's actually like sturdy. It needs four walls, it needs a roof. Once you've got a ruin, you're like, oh, here's two walls, we've we've sold you a building. exactly. And then you can sell it, you can just glue them together. Even if you're making it on your own, you just glue two two large boards together and Mm -hmm. and stick one in, in between to make, I don't know, that ruined floor, it's just a lot easier to do, especially when you think about, like, I don't know how we created terrain before, it was just, like, the packing styrofoam or mm-hmm. electronics. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that, like, packing styrofoam is not, not as popular nowadays because people don't buy as many, like, large electronics? As, like, everything is miniaturized, so all your packing is much smaller. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why we don't buy as many yeah. big appliances. They, well, if they, you think about it, don't buy an iPad. It. it doesn't have styrofoam in it either. No, it's just it's like just in a nicely tray. packaged box in in paper. Mm-hmm. Our phones generally no styrofoam. Maybe we just don't use it to pack things anymore either as much. Yeah, there's also the air packing stuff. That's that has nothing yeah. to do with mini gaming. Mini games. Yeah, like, mini game is all about foam. Yeah. So. Well, it's like insulation foam now, right? You now you have to go to a hardware store to pick it up to make it directly, which is so much better. Maybe that's why I think it's, um, maybe the, the technology has made it so that full complete buildings are easier to make than they used to be. It might be. So I think the other part about why some people might gravitate towards like the two walled building is that reaching into the building during a game is actually a little bit of an issue. When you've got the ruin, there's nothing to reach into. You can fully reach both sides from any That's angle. That's true. That's a good point. Just I, you, can't, you can't knock on that too much. Since I've, I haven't gotten around to building too many buildings yet, mm-hmm. but I've noticed with like a lot of the, the scenery we have for Infinity, mm-hmm. and it's not just the games that you want you to go inside, but even the fantasy train, they'll often keep the walls quite short on them. Shorter than you might expect, because if you build a wall that's almost... Three inches high or more when you try and reach in or even just see your guys you can't like physically reaching over that into a generous relatively small building gets to be like really a, difficult to grab your guy it's like a really just, tall jar yeah yeah you're trying to grab your guy out of a pickle jar and you're like and just can't get into this without smashing the whole thing yeah i guess so. you know what that's a good point like having uh buildings like complete buildings where you want to be able to move on every single level um, yeah. it becomes hard and it becomes something that you need to manage uh, well. Yeah, if the building's big enough, it gets a little better, but once the building's small, once you reach deeper than anything that's maybe like two and a half inches or more deep, really your hand starts to have a problem getting into it. Yeah. And just 
the height and then it becomes an board. issue. Yeah, especially when you want verticality, like we're talking about, right? When you have something, someone trying to go on the roof, and then someone also trying to go on the first floor. How do you do that? Because technically, when you're modeling these things, they're layered on top of each other, and yeah. so you where's like like you said, how do you move the guy underneath, and how do you keep track of the fact that technically one guy is directly overhead the other person, right? Mm-hmm. These are the kind of things that. Uh, make it harder to do in infinity and i know that a lot of the times um, if we're just not uh, into going all out um, we will just say oh you just can't go into buildings right so you can only go on the roof or something like that or we just say oh you know you just we kind of abstract away the movement inside because we're too lazy to like you said reach, take off the roof, reach in, move the things around, or maybe we even have terrain where there's no actual removable roof. You, there's no way you can get underneath the terrain. Yeah, or just the doors aren't well located on the building and everything else, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't play tactically all that well. Yeah, we just say everyone has locked their doors and they're hiding inside. Exactly. And they'll shoot you and kill you if you go inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think also one thing to... to to point out about, so despite the issues, um, in our opinion, it's totally worth it. And to, um, to, do, to, have, to have the verticality of, of your terrain, right? Because of how much it adds to the game. And oh, I do yeah, want to just, sure. just note that like, compared to video games, uh, so you might be able to in a video game move up and down a building more easily but being able to fully understand 3D, it's just, it comes naturally when you've modeled it out in real life. Whereas when you play a lot of games, <clears throat> dealing with multiple uh, heights in video games, let's say in XCOM 2, it becomes trouble because, you know, like the screen is flat. It's not actually 3D, right? They're trying to fake a 3D look while not actually being 3D. I guess it doesn't make a difference if you only have one eye, but for all of us with depth, depth perception, um, it's a big difference to actually have your models be 3D. Everything comes naturally. You can naturally reach in and look at the line of sight. It all flows very well, a lot better, in my opinion, than when you play a video game. Yeah. I mean, 3D shooters, when you're looking from the first-person perspective, mm-hmm. verticality works much better. When you're playing like strategy games, like XCOM-style games, where you just have the above view, it gets the verticality starts to get confusing. Yeah, still, still it's also still... Still not super easy in first-person shooters because you don't actually have depth perception, right? It's all faked. You know, just got to judge things by the relative size on the screen. Yep. So. Try to jump. Try to do one of those games where you have to jump from one vertical place to another, and you're like, uh, like I just got to time this yeah. really well. Yeah, <laughs> I just got to play enough that I don't actually, I can do this with my eyes closed because all of the, the, the visual information you're getting is not enough, right? You don't have depth perception. Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing one of those 3D games. But whenever I try to do that, it, it makes me lose my death perception anyways because I need to throw up. So <laughs> Good fun. So yeah, that's why I play miniature games. So I can just see real life. They don't move. They're actually 3D. I can actually totally tell the difference in verticality. It looks great. Yeah. So back to the buildings. Like most buildings that like third-party makers of terrain sell, they're yep. usually not modeled inside, probably because it just adds a lot to the expense. Yeah, that's true. But, and mm-hmm. generally people don't look at in the inside as much. Yeah, they don't really show pictures of the product. I guess people don't care about the inside quite as much. <laughs> I do. I know. I, I want to I'll get around to scratch building some. Yeah, some we already list. said that part of the fun of terrain building is playing with like dollhouses, basically. Yeah, I bought... Last week, I went to the local game store, and mm-hmm. I was the only person in the store because that's the current policy. But I bought openable doors that will be added oh, yeah, to terrain. Nice. So I want full realism here. Anyhow, but back to the building thing. I think it's kind of okay if you just have the outside, but it does help to have sort of like balconies and pieces of the roof that models can stand on because uh-huh. a lot of the time, roofs will be sloped and all that. Uh-huh. You want like it's nice to have defined points where people can like stand on the roof or stairs to go yeah. up to the roof. 
ladders. So you can have that verticality in gameplay, right? Mm -hmm. Where someone can actually be there and shoot, and you can't just abstract it and say, oh, this guy's actually standing here. Yeah, because that's what would happen in reality. Yeah. It's just... So I actually, for, uh, I, I think you've played on, on my table with um, like uh, medieval type buildings. Um, mm -hmm. Medieval type, medieval ish. They're not any they're still, one actual stone period. Yeah. Or <laughs> they're not actually one period. There's like a mix of stone and wood and stucco and yeah, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but a mix. Like it's just like random things put together. Um, but I did actually make roofs that were slanted enough that you could stand on with. Like I put in basically, I made the roofs not too steep. And then I added, I, I made little um, roof looking uh, pieces that you put onto the roof. And then if, you, and because the roof is ridged, right? Because it's um, has shingles, mm -hmm. it can, it, the, the little, I put on a little standing thing, right? That kind of evens out and flattens out the uh, building so that you can actually put miniatures on top. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing, like when you, just because you have a slanted roof doesn't mean that you can't have people stand on them if you try to make the buildings in a way that that allows you to if it's not a very steep roof it were, if that type of roof yeah. on that sort of building you're like yeah it would make sense someone would go stand on that roof mm. if it's a really steep roof then yeah okay it doesn't make any no, sense no yeah that's to be fair in, in, in an actual war if the roof is way too steep would a guy actually stand there <laughs> where just walking by might actually make them fall off the roof or running or whatever. So like, so, but what I'm saying is like, you can have roofs if you build them specifically to be able to stand, stand on them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, with a little bit of help, if you think about your gameplay, you can manufacture your boards to allow for more verticality, right. Even with slanted buildings. Yeah, I would, I would say being able to go into the buildings is really nice. But I wouldn't call it a deal breaker, but like you really do want balconies on the buildings. You want some flats, somehow flat elements on the roof. Mm -hmm. To allow to, people to, to do that and to use that space, as opposed to saying that this building is just dead space. Yeah, it's not just a wall. It's... Yeah, giant, unpassable wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think once your buildings, though, if, like tall buildings seem cool, but I think once they get too tall, that it takes like half the entire game to move up and down the building. Maybe that's a little, mm -hmm. little too tall. Yes, that's a good point. That um, so we we say you know verticality adds a lot uh, to the gameplay uh, because basically you have other dimensions that you can fight on. However, if you make your dimensions too large, even though technically someone can be on the top of like a four-story building. If doing that basically stops them from doing anything else, like moving around, right? Um, yep. They have to have, you might end up just being like, it, it might be no difference than just not having, like you don't actually have verticality if you can't move from that verti vertical space, right? Yep. Like the way that I think from about board. it, it's like, you got to think about it as like another Z axis, right? So you have this layer of the, of the table where can people move around and then you have another section right? Like you can like um, where people can fight on, right? And, and it's really cool to be able to have two different levels someone can fight on, right? Where you have a top level that might have a slightly different um, layout, like of areas that they can move. And then the, the ground level, which, you know, everyone can move everywhere around, right? Like yeah, which, could, around. which could mean like in fantasy, it could be a bunch of hills with bridges in between them. Yes. Over like some sort of chasm in between. And yep. then, like modern day, it's buildings with like some bridges. sort of walk bridges, in yeah, between. walkways and bridges. Well, like yeah, exactly. It's just bridges, right? And mm -hmm. of course, this is not going to always be on every single building, right? You do have to um, choose your 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 the areas that you're fighting on to have it be at like to make it be an interesting place where verticality can matter, right? Yeah. So with the hill things, we played a lot of War Machine, and hills yep. were one of the main types of terrain there. Mm -hmm. But because the game was so competitive, you needed to place your miniatures in very specific distances from your opponent's troops and very specific configurations so the blasts wouldn't destroy them. Mm -hmm. So 
it mattered a lot if there was a slope on the edge of your hill. It was now this dead zone you couldn't put figures. Yeah. So it became super annoying that in other less competitive games, I guess it doesn't matter so much. But the thing is, once you start building long, if you, like if you do give yourself a bit of a liberty to make slopes on your terrain, mm-hmm. you probably don't want them to be too long. Otherwise, like just the movement for one guy to make it from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill, you mm-hmm. don't want guys to be sort of like stuck in this no man's land. Yes, it's it, true. That, and, and especially true. depending on how slanted it is, your miniatures might be too top heavy. I think we've talked about this before, being too top heavy and they just might fall. Right? They might fall down the hill, right? With a little bit of like touch of the table. If a big guy falls down the uh, hill. It's, it's physically dangerous for the model. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or physically uh, dangerous so, for the models below him. And he'll just like yeah. smoosh them. Yeah, exactly. And unless that's the rules of your game, because you're playing whatever catapults or something like that. Um, playing Siege. Not great, yeah. So, um However, I don't necessarily think it's too terrible to have um, cliffs as long as you they're like modeled as actual cliffs as opposed to just shitty hills. You know what I mean? If it's supposed to be a cliff. Because technically, should someone be able to like, like assume that there's like just a, 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 a ridge, right? That is... Uh, I don't know, three feet or something like that, right? In real life. Yeah. And you're fighting on this ridge that is three feet. Could actually someone, or maybe even two feet, um, could someone actually stand in the middle of that ridge and stay there? Not in reality. Like, if, if they're trying to hold the line... Could they fire from there? No. Yeah, exactly. If they're trying to hold the line on this this gap that is, has a two, two, two feet difference, they're not going to be able to do it. So as long as you, um, mod, as long as it's basically modeling reality, it's modeling reality, right? So I think that portion is fine. The only issue is that because that's true, a lot of the hills in War Machine were not normal hills you would see. They, are, they were just like, I don't know what you call it, like weird. Half an inch, they're a half inch high, basically. Yeah, so, so that's, like, that's like two and a half feet gap. And you're like, how often do you see a two and a half inch like ditch, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, buildings and verticality works better in, in science fiction because it's harder to model historical vertical differences, like you said, with hills and things like that. Uh, accurately and well on a building because generally a hill is like very slow. It's going to be quite large, right? When you actually have a sloping hill. Um, Whereas buildings allow you to put in a lot of different verticality and make it exactly model real life because in in like a city or something like that, or let's say a wall in front of a a city, um, the verticality is right there in your face, easily modelable, right? Mm-hmm. And it actually follows how historically, right, or in reality it would be. Yeah, so you've got a hill. Maybe it's actually just like a retaining wall if it's the future. It's not, uh-huh. not technically a hill. Maybe it's a retaining wall with, like, just higher level ground on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or for fantasy, it could just be a bunch of, like, a rock outcropping. Technically, it could, yeah, it could be a rock outcropping, or it could technically be also a retaining wall, right? Yeah, we've mm-hmm. had retaining walls for a while. Yeah. Right? Like, unless you're talking about, eight, like, ancients. I don't know, even in ancient times, you would have that kind of stuff, Yeah, right? they did terraced farming, so it's yeah. totally a thing. Yeah, so, like, I think part of the issue, uh, like at least I had with, with that kind of verticality, is that people would just model it as, like, a hill because that's the easiest thing to make, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, just this high, I don't know, rocky outcropping with a flat thing on the top, right? And you're like, yeah. how does this make sense? This is not, you hardly ever see this in real life, right? And to actually make it more realistic, like half your board has to be raised up, right? Which is, like you said, right? If you're talking about a terrace, like in, in real, like in, let's say in a, in a cliff, right? Having a, a giant cliff, generally cliffs are not just, I don't know, 10 feet by 10 feet right in the middle of a field. Mm-hmm. Right? They're generally pretty long. So to be able to model that on an entire board actually just takes a lot of effort. Yeah. 
and it's a big piece of terrain so often that doesn't get done. So yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was kind of tough to make. Mm -hmm. But it is like one of those things. Like if you have the space, it's mm -hmm. super fun to do, and it does. It adds a lot of fun to your game. The issue so, is that it's hard to pack away a model, and like, yeah. oftentimes because it's hard to move because because these hills need to be very big. Let's say it takes up half your board. How are you going to reconfigure the hill to 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 model a different board? Right? It just yeah. You and I don't own any really big hills, but at the game store we go to, they some of the better hills that have been built by the forty k players are things that fit into the corners. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of move it around from corner to corner and it makes more sense because like, you're like, oh, this is a really big hill. It just goes off the play space. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, totally. Those, I think that's, that's one of the ways that you want to kind of do it. Put it in a corner on the side. The only issue is like with gameplay, oftentimes um, this hill, uh, like the gameplay is going to be at the center of the board and things that are off the side, unless they're really big and they're moving onto the board, they're not mm -hmm. going to affect gameplay. So to be able to do that, like again, you have size issues, right? Yeah. But a lot, oftentimes, I think it's totally worth it, depending on the games. Yeah. Take a look at how big the bin is. You want to store it in first, and then make yeah, the exactly, hill. exactly. And and maybe your hill is like a corner of your board that is like, I don't know, one, eighteen inches one way and one foot the other way that kind of mm -hmm. reaches onto the board. That can often be an interesting way to to put it, especially if it's double sided. So it's like one side is flat, so it goes off the board, and then it's almost like, you know, a hill corner, right? That is going onto the board that affects both sides. Yeah. Anyway, probably, I don't know, I'll probably keep using my war machine hills for a while, which are just the flat plateaus, because mm -hmm. they're Sorry, efficient. Sorry, I didn't want to name any names about <laughs> the things, but yes. But they work, they're fun. In terms of yeah. gameplay, that's the thing, right? Like, like when the ideal is you want to model games that are actually like real life, which is why mm -hmm. I said like buildings are so great. Um, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you gotta give a little bit of, um, I don't know, suspension of disbelief about your terrain to make your gameplay more interesting. Yes, if you use, and if you use, use your imagination. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta use your imagination, but not too much. Like we said machine the way that the everything became extracted it became mouse pad material yeah no. yeah everything was a mouse pad don't, just like that. don't use that as terrain <laughs> no i, I was trying to do it water if you want just don't do it with me that's all yeah maybe maybe a lake because it's like shallow i could i could maybe see it but beyond that unacceptable yeah, but if you do a lake, you want to make it shiny using like cool whatever plastics and latex kind of stuff that you can use. Yeah, you want to use some sort of like gloss varnish on it, or you want to exactly to make it all cool. Put water effects. Yeah. Anyhow, do we want to talk about the not just the aesthetic part but the mechanics part? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. So why don't we start with our game because we're just selfish like that? Okay, sure. All right, so in ours, you said you can basically move up that movement. Well, you can basically move up your full movement. Yeah, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't reduce your movement, because we're trying to keep it But it does take your movement to move up and It takes yeah. you to move up it, but there's the caveat that you might fail. Yes, so if you roll, uh, so, so every time you want to move uh, up a building, or let's say jump over a gap, right? Again, jumping over gaps in, in verticality is, mm -hmm. again, part of the verticality of a game, right? Yeah, it's a um, drop off. Yeah, you have to roll a d6, so a six-sided dice, and if you roll a one or a two, you fall. Oh, I thought it was just a one. Uh, I think we did one or two. We've been, we, well, we've been going back and forth, testing it out. I like one or two, yeah. more chance to, to kind of do it. Or even if you no, want to jump a... Jump a wall. You have to roll, and on a one or two, you don't fall, but you stop at the wall. If it's like if you want to jump over a hedge, let's say, right, mm -hmm. or a car, like let's say you're, I don't know, you're, what's that? What's that famous scene in that movie where the guy jumps over the hood of the car? If you want to do that jumping over the hood of the car thing, you got to roll the d6, and on a one or two, you fail. And I think I, I said it's not, it's not super, like it's. Hard, right? That means like you have a two-thirds chance of doing it, right? So there is some sort of risk to be able to do it, 
But in our game, you do have um, an ability to reroll. So if you really need to move it up, you can always save the reroll to make sure that you can actually move up instead of falling and taking damage if it's too yeah. tall. Mm -hmm. So that's what we've done. So other games, like one of the most common mechanics I've seen is like, well, I maybe there's two. Sometimes you can only move up things of a certain height because mm -hmm. like not everybody has climbing gear on them. So that's one of the common ways. And the other the idea is way, that you're not supposed to be able to climb up a vertical uh, building, but our yeah. game is a little bit more, what do you call it? Down, like more free. It wants to be more simple. And it also wants to like, you know, allow for the verticality because like we said, it adds so much to the game. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't want to cut it off too much. And we don't necessarily have special rules for people who can scale things. So in that case, if you don't have the special rules to scale buildings, uh, then you kind of need to have everyone be able to do it a little bit. Yeah, and when you've got specific rules, you now are trapped into making specific terrain because otherwise it doesn't play well with the game, Yeah, which is like the hills we talked about for War Machine, which you need very specific setups for the hills that don't yeah. stop you from positioning your guys. But I guess back to the climbing mechanic, I guess the most other common way is that usually like halving movement is very common. Yeah, yeah. So you can like climb cross grave, pass movement. Infinity has it. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of it. Like Infinity has two different. Every single person has two different movement things. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so, wait. If you move vertically, you kind of move half because. You know, it takes a full order, whereas normally you can move. You can do two actions, but if you try to climb the wall, you can only do one. Yeah. But at the same time, it might sound like it, like terrain is very limited in Infinity, and in some ways that does make it limited, but you do have, you know, ladders, which change things. And then the other, so there's, there's rules built in to say, in certain places, you can move up full speed, right? To allow yeah. people to scale through. And that allows enables a lot of um, vertical movement. And then of course, you know, there are special rules where some people can actually just scale up a thing, right? If they have climbing plus or they have super jump, they can just jump up onto the building. Yeah, and it affects whether you can shoot from like while in the midst of climbing or whether you can fight in the midst of climbing. Mm -hmm. There's always those, those concerns over using that mechanic. I don't know, you have any other thoughts on common climbing mechanics? other than the limitation one, than the like halving one. Yeah, so I, I just want to talk a little bit about like how they affect the game, right? Yeah. So I think in the way that, if you look at our, our, the way that we kind of scale it, or it's not like we're the person, people that came up with this kind of idea of like rolling to see if you, you fulfill it. In a lot of ways, this is like a Dungeons and Dragons thing, right? Whenever you want to jump a big distance, you have to make a skill check, right? And if you fail the skill check, then Oh no! And you've got your agility value. Compare things exactly. Against. We're not we're not going that deep. Yeah. So just everyone has a general, generally the same ability to scale things, right? Um, so, but it's important to, like we said, important to do that to enable people to move on this vertical, to have this vertical nature, right? Now, the reason why we're we're attentive about one to six versus, uh, sorry. Uh, failure on a one versus a one or two is because uh, the, the idea is that we want you to try to do these things, right? But we do want there to be some sort of risk. Like we said, uh, we have range, like we have range combat in our game. So we want there to be um, getting the high ground should be an advantage, right? And so if someone who's good at melee is trying to go on, on, on top, the ability that they have to take a risk makes it advantageous for a range person to, to be, uh, to, to climb a building, let's say, to fight. Yeah, because right? there's some danger of climbing up something, the other person attacks you while you're climbing, and you've got to jump away. Yeah, so, so... There's all sorts of abstract ways you can think about the mechanics. And, yeah, so then I think uh, the way that we, we, we've done it is makes it kind of um, more like uh, gambling, a more gambling kind of move, Yeah. right? Whereas... Um, because you either succeed or you fail and you possibly take damage, right? So this kind of adds, the idea you want to do that is like you're adding tension to the game, right? So, so it's adding risk as opposed to the other, like as opposed to the simple mechanic, or I wouldn't call it simple, but the very the essential mechanic of whether you 
when you can make a certain height or it subtracts, those are all guaranteed outcomes. Yeah. But we're going for a non-guaranteed outcome. Yeah, so like climbing things becomes tension. Whereas uh, the positive of, let's say, halving movement, and it also, I think, the way that we do it kind of actually models climbing because humans in general, like the danger of climbing is actually that you fall, right? It's not like everyone, as if they go half speed, can definitely climb up a wall, right? Or jump over uh, a pit. Or maybe, maybe you find a good foothold or maybe you're like, oh, that foothold's yeah, not exactly. so good and you have to stop. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think the way that, that, that we do it, in some ways it kind of models reality more as opposed mm -hmm. to just a flat uh, half speed. Let's say you're trying to get over a hill, it's half speed. Like, you know, in, in a battle, actually what would happen is you either, you know, succeeded in, in, in high jumping over the, the, the wall and then you're at the person, or you tripped and fell and landed on your face and you're stuck at the wall, right? Yeah, or they shoved you, they shoved your head back yeah. as you're... As opposed to like, up. yeah, as opposed to, you know, you're like uh, halfway, you're, you're kind of always can move, move a certain distance when you're doing this. It actually, I feel like the risk actually more models it in real life. But the other thing, like there's, there's positives in just doing it, cutting the moving speed in half. There's, you know, one way people don't necessarily like too much risk, right? Because again, this is a gambling thing. This is like uh, the, the gameplay and the strategy is more about um, like actuarial. So tactics, like bigger, like games with more figures on the board and more about tactics. And the more figures you have on the board and you force more things to make more rules mm. can add yeah. time to the game. But we're going with a fairly a small war, war band, skirmishy style game. size. So, yeah. and more of a storytelling well, element yeah. to it. And, and the, the thing with cutting your distance in half, as opposed to just moving full and, and succeeding mm -hmm. or not, um, is um, it does what it, it, it changes the way people will deal with height in terrain as opposed to a risk to be overcome, it becomes, it, it, it's like rough terrain, right? They treat it like, they'll end up treating height as like rough terrain, as in yeah. it slows someone down. So it, it, it's, it's a different way of uh, looking at the terrain. So it's basically saying when, when if this guy is three inches uh, up a building, he's not, there's not a risk tr to try and climb up and get him. Instead, it's, uh, actually, this guy is six inches away from me, not three inches, right? Even though in ranged combat, let's say, he can shoot six inches, but to move to get to him, or so, yeah, move, he, can, he only needs to shoot three inches. If he's trying to climb up, it's actually six inches away. And so that kind of thing, like if you just have the half movement, which is, like I said, is common, um, that's the modeling, I guess, that, that happens. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. What do you? I guess I prefer like the risk kind of thing, because again, you also will often just have rough terrain in your rule set, anyways. So, moving half speed through rough terrain makes sense. Climbing half speed it makes some sense, but you know, I like the so idea of failing on a on a, on a bad roll. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes the half-speed thing means that there's just not enough turns in the game to go over terrain. Yep. So It's just like rough terrain, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it adds... It's just a different way of thinking at it, and especially for people who like the overall strategy but don't like the, the risk arbitrage in, in war games. You know, like the people that always complain about... The dice screw them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm making it sound so bad, but like you know, the the, the people that like less less uh, dealing with risk, right? They play games because they don't want to deal with the unpredictability of the world, right? And they like the the tight rule set, right? Like people that are more into chess, right, as opposed to poker or something like that, right? Um, the half distance appeals to them a lot more because now you don't have to deal with that extra risk. Yeah. It's easy to calculate. Mm. So I'm feeling like we might not have talked about, yeah. I feel like we might not have talked about all the types of vertical terrain you can include. Because at this point, we've just talked mm -hmm. about buildings, hills, hills. bridges, because bridges are sort of the interesting one where it's open on both sides. Yeah, I think that the important part 
about but, bridges yeah. and we talked a little bit about how this is important is like linking linking all of your vertical terrain right instead of having each vertical piece be an island where you have to move up and down on each let's say six inch thing having large sections of your board be um, at a vertical space where if you get up to this vertical space you can move like normal Right, mm -hmm. but it's a different layout on the board. It's almost there's like playing two different. There's a, there's a time like you've got to spend the movement to get to that different level of the board, mm -hmm. and then you're on that level of the board, and then there's another battle kind of thing. That's or another, let's say two like we'd say two D battlefield, right? Mm -hmm. With a um, penalty basically to get from one two D battlefield to the other two D battlefield. It ends up being a very interesting way to lay out your your fights. Yeah, because you've got to decide how you split your forces and you've got to decide if it's worth switching over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that to me is why it's so interesting when you put in bridges and hills, let's say in dikes or things like that, because you do end up having two different battlefields laid on top of each other with some sort of penalty to move from one or the other and some sort of ability for range fighting to reach both of them. Yep. All right. Well, there any more aspects of this we really want to get into? Uh, yeah, let's, I, I think we did, we, we said generally hills, cities are, are a place where you generally, like that's a, a good place to have vertical terrain. Yeah, like um, there's the natural environment, there's the man-made environment. Yeah. But are there what? other kind of, like what's your favorite types of tables that incorporate vertical terrain well and what are the features of that so let's say you want to create a, a very a lot of vertical terrain at home what, what should someone be doing oh if you want to create it at home yeah i would almost say just start off with just big blocks of styrofoam don't even bother making the inside and just start adding stuff to the outside like you can buy texture plastic card to create buildings out if you want a brick building you don't have to carve every single brick you don't have to go buy those super expensive buildings you can just buy packs of the, the pattern plastic card, whether you, if you want more of it, it's often more economical to go to modeling stores. Yeah. Because what they'll sell in your local game store that's branded, they often come in seven by, I think it's 12 inch sheets, mm -hmm. but they don't give you very much to make a whole building. But when you go to the modeling supply places, they'll sell much bigger sheets and bigger packs of them for, much, for cheaper. So yeah. you can basically just take blocks of styrofoam and start putting stuff on the outside of them. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and and for the styrofoam use, like everything, and kind of terrain construction, easiest to use the like the pink insulation foam uh, that you that you can buy at uh, a Home Depot, like a hardware store, right? That's used basically they're they're thin one inch or half an inch big panels, and basically uh, they the reason why you want to use that is because they're easier to cut, right? And they don't. Um, there's not like the packing foam that is basically put together in beads. It's a general uniform, uh, big ass styrofoam piece. So it's easier to cut and make like, uh, make it look, make it be in the shape that you want. Yeah. Yes. And you can also carve it on one side. Yes. Yeah, the extruded poly styrofoam, not the expanded, but that's usually people just call it pink styrofoam, not white. If you don't. And then there's also green that you can use. Yeah. Yeah. It also comes in blue. Mm -hmm. so it's not naturally just, pink, I guess. Because a lot of people will build flimsy buildings. I'm like, oh, we're, I'm just going to build these walls out of paper, but then the buildings will get their asses kicked. Yep, that's what and we did in, in, initially for uh, Infinity. We built a whole bunch of paper ones, and we were like, oh. It, it, it was like, I don't know, a few months, and then the buildings were destroyed. Not, not yep. fully destroyed, but like really beat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, even for myself, I think that would happen. Like the MDF buildings... I find I don't like the lack of texture on the outside of them. Like usually the design of them can be nice, but they have no texture to the outside. So they look completely fake. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's worth the money to spend on those. I think it's just worth the money to just get styrofoam. And really? Everyone gets those though. So you're against you're, you're that's, that's some like fight in words, man. You're, you're like hot take here. Don't bother oh, yeah. the end. If you're playing science fiction, don't bother with building or buying the, the MDF things. They might be easy to, to put together and they look okay, but they're not real enough. If you're a real terrain builders or, or real miniature gamers, 
build them from scratch using styrofoam and like materials you can get from a, a train store. So I would give them the corner case. If you're building sci-fi terrain, okay, fine. Sci-fi terrain's gonna be flat, but go get some like three-dimensional stuff to add to the outside of them, whether it's like pipes, mm. whether it's like putting real trim around the windows so the window actually frame uh, to it. Uh, what the vacuum, not vacuum, the air conditioners on the top of the building. If you're talking yeah. about big buildings. Air conditioners on the top, maybe texturing the roof so it looks like a real roof. Yeah. As opposed to just like a metal flat roof, yeah. which doesn't exist anywhere. <laughs> it's the future, but come on. The metal flat roof allows you to easily get on top and shoot people from the roof. Well, you can go on. So again, like, yep. like our modern metal roofs are just corrugated metal. Going back to what I said about buying that textured plastic card, they sell like that textured plastic card that has that corrugated shape to it. Yeah. So you can just go get a sheet of that, smack it on the top. Maybe even just get like heavyweight paper to make mm -hmm. the trim around the outside of it. Yeah. That's super inexpensive and you've got to finish it somehow. Like the paper, even if it breaks, you can fix it. Yeah. But it's mostly glued flat down, so it's not going to break that readily. And yep. it's paper, so it's not going to chip your other terrain. So just mm -hmm. add paper trim to things if you want. Don't use it for structure stuff. And, and also uh, with regards to um, just like buildings, um, I like the, the MDF stuff is not, it's not necessarily super expensive, but it's not necessarily super cheap. And if you no, have not. like, if you've got say if you're a handy person or you have access to handy person stuff, I basically just bought like a big like HDF and just used a table saw to cut pieces and glued them onto a foam core uh, building or foam core uh, core. Yeah and not foam core, like a pink foam core. And that is the most indestructible uh, piece of terrain that we have at the store right now. So, so yeah, you glued it over top and of the styrofoam. And it actually doesn't even look that different. Basically, I just use like, um, what do you call them? The hand drill to, to draw some lines on, just like the MDF stuff has. Mm -hmm. And then I put on some texture because like, I just used some uh, texturing. Um, it was wood filler to, to create a portion of texture, textured wall versus flat wall. And then once you paint everything, oh, I cut doors. And then once you paint everything, like you get most of what you get with the uh, MDF stuff. Obviously the MDF stuff, you know, it's nicer. They have like extra layers you put on top. But if you're, if you're talking about, if, if the reason why you're buying that stuff is because you want to get a table up quickly, right? Or, and sturdily and not have to put a lot of time. Well, maybe you still want to buy it, but if you, but it's actually not that hard to get like sturdy things cheaper, right? Just do it yourself. Yeah. Do you think it would be durable enough to just get the styrofoam to build the base and then rather than attaching hardboard, because that takes a fair bit of work to put through saws, not everybody has access to saws, but just to put like heavy, heavy weight, like pack packaging paper on the outside and just use so the cardboard side. You can, I would probably use plastic card to make it a little bit tougher. So the issue yeah, with pink foam is that it's, it's pretty sturdy, especially if you use the one inch stuff, right? I mean, just making a big square, right? Mm -hmm. you know, buildings in general are big squares or, or rectangles. Um, but uh, the problem is that they're easily dentable. So you need yes. something that's pretty sturdy on the outside. Now you can use paper, but again, paper is a little bit weak. If I say your home, like it, it is more sturdy, so it, it might be fine, especially if you're only playing at home with people that you trust. Uh, when you're going to a uh, store, play you gotta make everything sturdier because people you know <laughs> yeah they, they don't all have the attention to, de yeah, to, exactly. to where their arms are flailing yeah so I, I would consider uh you know make the pink foam core right if i wanted to do the most simple pink foam mm -hmm. core buy a bunch of plastic card and all the walls just like it's also very easy to cut shapes into your plastic card, right? Yeah, you don't you don't have to go with the textured stuff. You can just go with flat plastic card. Yep. Yeah, and then just put them on, and then you have a big ass gap in in your thing, right? I just use yeah. the M, uh, the HDF. It's actually HDF because it's hard as fuck, right? You can like kick that thing across. Yeah, the if you buy the if you buy the thinner together. plastic card, you can just cut it with scissors. It's not. Yep. It's not difficult. It's only when you start. Yeah, again, it. it's just to stop people from uh, denting the foam, right? Yeah, because paper will be more easily dented than the plastic yeah. card. The plastic card, or, or the pink foam, the raw pink foam will be easy, more easily dented as well. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't paint. It's not going to look yeah. quite like a futuristic building if you try and paint it. 
So. Yeah, so I would also, one, one other thing is, um, what's the other thing? You can trim the corners with paper because you want to bend something around the corner. That's true. If you don't get, yeah. or, you, or you can just butt, be really careful butting them together yeah. if, you're, if you, you want. You can actually cut strips of plastic card and put them on the corners as well. Um, yeah, actually, if I were to do it again, maybe I should try and do a bunch of buildings and set a tutorial that would be, uh, and put it up on uh, the Dice Over Everything uh, Facebook group. Yeah. It would be, I think, an interesting thing to do and useful just in general for people to look at and, like, and, and be like, hey, especially with something like Infinity, which because verticality is such an important thing, you need a lot of buildings. Um, you want a lot of buildings when you play the game. And so a lot of people, when they're trying to get into the game, that's a big hurdle, especially if, you, if they think they need to buy MDF to do everything. Now it's a little oh, yeah. easier because you can buy the cardboard stuff that they sell. But at the same time, that still is not like it's cheaper, but it's not super cheap. Whereas, but for the nice stuff, you're looking at like fifty bucks for a maybe four inch by five inch building. I think it's still a hundred dollars, even if you buy the their their stuff. Like if you buy it, uh, uh, not in the box, right? But separately to get a full table, it's probably something like a hundred dollars, maybe a little bit less than hundred. Are you you talking about the hardboard? Oh, the yeah, hardboard, their yes. hardboard, not the hardboard. Sorry, they're 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 thick star, not thick star. They're thick cardboard buildings. They're new mm-hmm. thick cardboard buildings, right? It's yeah. really easy. A hundred dollars is a lot cheaper than it used to be to fill out a, a building if you want to buy it, but um, it's still a hundred dollars. Whereas if you build it out of uh, pink foam mm-hmm. and plastic card, what, it's like fifty bucks. You do a full table. Yeah, and it's actually three D. Well, yeah, it's totally it, PB and it's gonna be a lot tougher. Yeah, the, the gribble parts could be expensive depending on what you use, but they don't have what, to be. What I mean is like literally just flat buildings. Because if you compare them to the $100, um, and you can even start out with the $50, do the general base building, and then as you you know, have more time yeah. and money, you can buy little gribbles and put them on, right? But if you're talking about just a building, right? So you just make the, your, your, your rectangle, and then you cut your plastic card on top, and then you yeah. cut little shapes and designs onto the plastic card uh, and separate them, and you cut a door. That's like that in and of itself is, is good enough. Like once you paint it up, it's good enough. And then later on, you can add on. Like, these are not going to be buildings that you can go inside of, but it'll be good enough that you can play with it. And then later on, you can say, oh, you know what? I want to add a window. And then you can buy window gripples and put them on. Or you want, I want to buy a um, air conditioner. I put them on the. I'm gonna put it on top of the of the uh, building, right? Yeah, you can add drain pipes, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, actually, you know what? I'm gonna try that. Try to build a. <laughs> Maybe I'll do an infinity code one board, which is what three by four, right? Yeah. Twenty five points. I'll do an infinity code one board. Try to fill it out and uh, like document how much, how much, you know. Uh, Material costs that go into it, or maybe I'll just build one building and then extrapolate. Because <laughs> technically, I have so much terrain already. Like I have like full tables worth of fantasy and sci-fi terrain. Do I really need to build another table? I was gonna say you should, we should rope back in people when the game stores reopen. Just rope the people mm. in that. Yes, and it's the game stores terrain, so you don't have to keep it around. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And they pay for it too. And our gaming club can pay. Yeah, well, if it's fifty bucks, I want to see if I can get it to fifty bucks. That would be interesting. All right, so like that's that's a good sci-fi way to build, right? Like we said, buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also put on bridges, like we said, and uh, sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense if you're doing like like fantasy, like sci-fi. You can just say, okay, well, whatever. There's just in the future, people have walkways across their roofs, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, for I've seen in modern day, depending on the on, on the place you do like if it's like post-apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic or something like that you can put on um wood bridges or uh, construction right yeah. add on construction scaffolding. things scaffolding to make it make sense to have bridges in your game right because like i said you don't just want people to climb up one building and have to climb out down every single time you either mm-hmm. want to make the buildings close enough that if you have terrain rules you can jump so you can jump over from one one building to another or you want to put in things like scaffolding or like wood, like wood bridges where people are just doing that. Let's say it's a zombie apocalypse, right? 
and they want to move quickly without having to get ground floor where the zombies are, they might put on wood, just wood, like uh, two by fours, right across so that they can walk across. And so those are a couple of ways that you can kind of make, um, make bridges where you wouldn't necessarily actually have bridges if you're trying to model a real place. Yeah, those are other, other vertical elements. Yeah. That are How just the building. And I think basically, uh, I think it's uh, about time to kind of wrap up, but like, um, how about for fantasy, right? We did say you have, um, you, you probably want things like uh, hills and then have bridges over hills. So maybe you have a, might have a lake underneath even, not a lake, sorry, a river underneath and you have a bridge or it could just be like what you were saying, the, what did you call them again? I'm not a civil engineer. Scaffolds? The retaining wall or something? Right? Oh, like for a terrace. Terrace. Yeah, yeah, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have those. Yes, terrace. It's got like a stone, stone wall. And then you'll often have uh, bridges across those, even in whatever ancient times. Actually, yeah, just, rivers are, are very, wheel. very common ways to do this. Yeah, because carts don't go very well over <laughs> holes. Yeah. Um, what other things could you do? Like we, we said, uh, if you have a hilly kind of uh, area, you might have, if you have the space, I think actually it's really interesting to have half your board higher than the other half. Like we said, you have now, the, you split your battlefield in two. And you have some sort of pathway that leads up, leads up and makes a choke point to fight over top of. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's got like a set of small stone stairs that's got a big, big pathway up, roadway mm-hmm. up. Yeah, just like people would have in like generally hilly areas, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas it's a little bit more weird to have just a tiny hill, but if you're half your board is a hill, it makes a lot more sense, right? In a place, plays great in my opinion. Yeah, a few space for it. Yeah, I guess the final one I would want to mention, I get a, a slightly more detail, is um, the city walls. Oh yeah, because you've got platforms on top of them, but you don't necessarily have to have people able to walk under them. I mean. You, yeah. you can make so arches on, on one side. Well, so, sorry? It could just be wood on the top, too, to, to represent why there's no, no back to them. No, I would just build, like, city walls. Oh, just a big chunk. Couple. So, yeah, yeah, so you have a walkway on one side and you have a hill, right? Like, if you're talking about verticality, there's, like, the, the great thing about city walls uh, in fantasy is, or, or just even, like, historicals, is that... Like historically, that happened a lot, right? That's the entire point yeah. of the city walls to defend people, and that adds a lot of verticality. Where one guy on the top is able to shoot down, and then generally these cover. kind of things. Yeah, you'll have cover probably on one side, but not the back side of the wall. Yeah. Yep, and then a lot of the things will be uh, cracking through the wall and getting up on those scaffolds to defeat them. Uh, if you want to make the fa- the battles uh, more even, right? So sometimes um, you don't necessarily want to do a siege. Uh, make it make the battlefield uh, turn it sideways basically so basically the battlefield is uh, you would consider it half like you consider whoever was the attacker before has already breached the walls right yeah and so you're actually fighting so the the wall now separates it runs down the middle of the battlefield right but not not separating the two sides it's actually uh, like it runs and splits each guy's forces in two, right? And, yeah, and you can choose to put some guys on top of the wall and try and fight for a supremacy. Yeah, and both people can be on top of the wall, right? Because yep. you would say, oh, the wall's already been breached, right? One side is the city, so you can have a couple of buildings, and the other side is outside of it. And now you have a verticality. Both people are fighting it. It's a lot more equal, right? And the story would mm-hmm. be, of course, you already breached the walls. People are fighting over the, the, the people who are defending it or trying to repel the other people. Um, and so that is a really fun kind of cool looking way to do your battles. Yeah. And add verticality into your, your more medieval olden day fighting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we covered lots of types of terrain there. Mm-hmm. If people want to mention on the Facebook group on for dice over everything, how they, how they create some of their terrain at home. That'd be cool yeah. Or if they have pictures even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Give us uh, come and uh, give us a shout. Post us your pictures. We'd love to see it. 
Yeah. Oh. All Thanks right. Thanks for listening. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. All right. One more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at DiceOverEverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us. Or just get in touch with us at Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye. All right, one more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at DiceOverEverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us. Or just get in touch with us. At Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye. <laughs>